So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect with spirit, and intentionally create our experiences. And welcome to Being with Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, and today our guest will be Dr. Judy Sinaeus. Uh, with her extensive experience in counseling and behavior modification, ja- Dr. Judy Sinaeus, a licensed clinical social worker, founded Living the Dream, an organization providing counseling, services, and life coaching with guidance and support to overcome hurdles. Welcome to the show, Dr. Judy Sinaeus. Hello? Yes. Oh, I didn't know I was on. (laughs) Yeah, you're on. Tell us a little bit about living the dream. Well, it's life coaching and um, a couple other things. The focus of the organization is helping individuals and organizations be the way they want to be. Mm -hmm. Find whether it's um, the financial success that they're not getting or the feeling of be, the rewarding feel, feeling of whatever it is that they're doing that they're not getting it's about just getting getting to getting to your next level mm-hmm. getting to the level where you want to be where you are um where it's exactly what you want and you're able to get up and go to work but it's like you're getting up and on vacation or something. Mhm. Like that's kind of, that's the way I've set up my life where yeah. I am doing exactly what I want and I am feeling I'm getting that rewarding feeling and um every day I get up and go to work people say are you working on my are you working tomorrow? I'm like um sort of kind of a little bit. <laughs> Because I am working, I'm seeing clients, I'm doing paperwork, I'm doing all these things, but it, I enjoy my work so much mm-hmm. where it's like, are you serious? People really pay me? So that's kind of where I want to help people get. Um, that's for a, a professional goal. Some people mm-hmm. have more personal goals. 
Yep. And um, I help them get there sort of the way I do my – the way I've gotten my professional life mm-hmm. working. So living and, your making rather than making your living. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we enjoy – our jobs, our careers, our life, it actually kind of becomes one thing all meshed together and we're just kind of being in that moment and every of those every moment throughout exactly. the day. Yeah. It, that is exactly what it is. It, you don't have it's not you don't worry about what the next step is. You trust that you're going because what I find is that most of us we already have the tools Mm-hmm. Any many of us even know how to utilize them. It's a matter of taking ownership of your skills, taking mm-hmm. ownership of the power that is within you to make things the way you want them. A lot we're so used to doing things and waiting and not having things being being within our grasp or within our control. Where it's like I want this. But I don't know if I, if such and such will happen. If this will allow me, it's not. It's at the at this point you're more you're less looking for it to be allowed to do. It's more about taking. Mm-hmm. Like, I want this. I'm going to make it happen. I am going to take it. I'm not saying go steal. You want a hundred dollars? Go steal it. Mm-hmm. But you want a hundred dollars? Okay. What can you do to make a hundred dollars? Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for someone to give you a hundred dollars, but you, you go and you put together whatever talents because we all have talents, and many of them. So utilize your talents to get what you want. You want changes in your personal life. What are you doing to make it happen? Mm-hmm. If I want to get married and I'm sitting in my little in the little corner in my apartment, unless it's one of those I dream of genie things where. Mr. Wright just knocks on your door. Or rubs on your bottle. Exactly. (laughs) Sitting in your apartment is not going to work. You want want changes in your personal life, you're going to have to get out there and get a personal life. Mm -hmm. You want changes in your career, okay, I don't want to work at this job anymore. Okay, what am I doing to work at the job that I want? No, if you want to be a musician, um, no band is going to just walk up and say, "Hey, Jim, you want to play? You want to play guitar for us?" So mm-hmm. it's getting yourself out there, learning, get getting people to take the initiative, getting yeah. people on, and and not move and not move just to move, moving with a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, the crucial thing too is that people tend to do the same exact things again and again and again, and they expect different results. They take the same jobs, they work with the same types of people, um, they date the same person again and again and again, and then they always I find themselves back that they don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I've read a few different definitions, but madness is the one, or yeah. names for that pattern, and madness is the one that sticks. Mm-hmm. Hey, the other, hey. the other thing that you really touched on too is that you know we have to take the steps. You know, it's not a, it's not just a matter of okay, I want to be a famous musician. You know, there are steps to take. I mean, you you have to find an instrument. Um, you have mm-hmm. to learn how to play that instrument. You're going to exactly. have to get out there and start, uh, 
you know, uh, working on your skills. Like when I first started in radio, I, I really had no radio experience. I had television production experience and advertising and marketing experience, but I really had no experience being an on-air personality. But I did it the first time, and it was back in August, uh, August 3rd, 2010, actually. And I said, wow, this is such an incredible way of teaching and getting the word out to people and helping people, and that's what I wanted to do. And I was so fired up about it, I just said, wow. I had a monthly show back then. I said, I just can't do this once a month. If mm-hmm. I want to do this, I need to do this every day. So I did it every day for an hour a day, and then it went up to two hours a day, and then we just started adding affiliates. And before you know it, I could see that those skills started to build. Now, if the opportunities to really go – you know, uh, National came to me back in, you know, August, September, or October. I wasn't ready for that. We have to be ready, and the universe is setting things up to make us ready for those big changes coming up. And that's, for that that's the thing that many people miss. It's like if I want to be at the top, starting at the bottom often mm-hmm. is not an option But because I don't want to be the – um, the guy who just plays two two keys or who just gets four four bars instead of 16. But if you can only play those four bars, what do you want people to give you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, the, idea, the idea of taking time, we're just such a society of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a lot of people to realize, um, yes, you actually have to work for this. Mm-hmm. actually have to put in the effort. And seeing that a lot of people don't get to re- don't realize how taking two years to train on something mm-hmm. versus just going in and you could have you could happen to accidentally just get a gig right the first the first day at the door. Mm-hmm. But how will you keep getting those gigs if you don't nurture your skills, if you don't make yourself deserving of those gigs that you that you that you want to get taking the time to make it happen taking the time to polish your skills taking the time to showcase them taking the time to do the grunt work mm-hmm. the free just doing the free shows or because even though yes we are we we you may very well be a great musician you may very well be a great speaker and deserving of large fees However, until you're out there enough for people to know what you're capable of, why are why would they pay you? Uh-huh. I can, I honestly would not go down the street and just pay Joe Blow because he says he's a great guitarist. I'm like, hey Joe, I heard you said you're great. Let's come be on my band. Yeah, we we have to see samples. We have to see samples and examples. We want to see that, you know, and and there are a lot of incredible speakers out there. There are a lot of incredible musicians out there that do have the potential to get out there and speak and get out there to entertain. But some of them have, you know, obstacles and hurdles, as you say, 
that they need to get over. Some may have stage fright. So once they may be a great speaker when they're on their own and they, they really have a lot to say, but when they get in front of a crowd, that's it. It's over. Exactly. Same thing. You can get out there on stage and, uh, as an entertainer and you just totally choke because you're just not ready for that room. You exactly. might have to start with 12 people and then work up to 40 people and then mm-hmm. 200 people and mm-hmm. 200,000 people could be... <laughs> <laughs> you know, next could, on your list. Yeah. Yeah, that could that could be your next goal, but it's you have to start somewhere. You can't mm-hmm. just expect that the 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 universe is just going to hand you the mm-hmm. pie in the sky just because you want it. What it will hand to? us the opportunities to act. Exactly. But if we fail to act on those opportunities as they're presented to us, then we fail. By default, because we're not we're not taking the steps. It's with everything. If mm-hmm. if you're if, even as a person, if you just if you keep trying to help someone, and they just turn you away, eventually it's like, okay, why am I putting all, all my energy? And that's the way it, it's going to be with the universe. If every time you keep saying you want, you want, you want, and the opp- the opportunities are presented to you, mm-hmm. and you're not taking advantage of it. Then eventually it start it starts to look like you are saying certain things, but your actions are not indicate indicating that you really mean what you say. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to refigure what this reconfigure what this person means. So yeah. you know all these things they're out there. The opportunities are there. The resources are there. It's just up to us to take the time and do things and but not just move but move with a purpose mm-hmm. you're not trying to just do every you know just take jobs you want to take jobs that lead towards where you want to be in 10 years if yeah. I want to work in the healthcare industry and I keep taking jobs in retail mm-hmm. there may be some correlation but it's not getting me in, into healthcare as fast being in retail because it's two different things yeah. You need to move, but you need to move with a purpose. I made a conscious decision in my life when I started this thing, what well, was prior to my starting this thing. I said, I'm only going to do things that are related to the career of my choice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop falling back on all these things that I know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to move forward confidently in the direction of my dreams. And it, once you do that, everything else just falls into place. Yep, and you and you have to be able to. Cause it's funny because most people's dreams involve their greatest fears. So if you dreamt of being this incredible self-help guru and you want to speak in front of twenty thousand people and do talks all over the world, you may have stage fright. <laughs> so now you have to work on overcoming that thing. It, you know what? That is exactly true. Because if I kid you not, I am morbidly shy. <laughs> Most people who meet me will be like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. But I am morbidly shy. It's well, the I met you and I was, I was enchanted. I didn't find you to be shy at all. But that's the thing. I need to, I, this is my choice. I want to be out there. I want to help people. I can't help people just kind of talking very low and no one can hear me. Yeah. So I had to work on it. I have well, to work on it because if I sound like a mouse, no one's listening to me. Mm-hmm. But if I can get my voice to project a little bit, 
Yeah. Some pe- people might start thinking, okay, maybe she knows what she's saying. Yeah. I could have all the degrees in the world. I could have all the experience in the world. But if when I come in, I, co- I come in and I lack confidence, I sound like I'm not, I don't know what I'm saying. And if mm-hmm. I sound like I don't know what I'm saying, why would you listen to me? Yeah. So it's you have to, have to, have to take that time and get yourself out there, get yourself ready, get yourself in the right positions to do the things that you want to do. And, you know, I see so many opportunities um, because of the industry that I'm in right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, people email me or call me and say they'd like to be on the show. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll look into it a little bit. I'll talk to them on the phone and I'll say, okay, you know, we'll set up a date and such and such. But there are always those people that they get the opportunity and then all of a sudden they get the cold feet and then the excuses come a couple of days before the show. <laughs> yeah. You know, but and, and it's so obvious you recognize it and you feel bad for the people. It's like, oh my God, this is what they want. You know, I can see, you know, I read through what they want to do, their websites and, you know, if they wrote a book or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And and here comes the opportunity. <laughs> and, it's like, yay. And they fall by the wayside. This is your chance to start getting out, and it's like, yeah. no, but this, that, and the other. So. And you got to be ready. With me yeah. here especially, you have to be ready. If it's an hour before, take the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I love that movie, uh, Yes Man. Did, have you seen that? In bits and pieces. So I ha- I've seen bits and pieces of it, well, but I have no idea what Well, it what it is, is it, there's a man, he, he was very cautious his whole life. You know, oh, and, and um, he gets, and he starts saying yes to everything. And he starts saying yes to everything, and and that's kind of where I've been, you know, the last probably year of my life. Things come up, and sometimes I feel a little bit of that uh, inhibition, and instead I just say I'm in, I'm in, mm-hmm. yes, I'm in, and I can get through it, and it's so easy. No, the caution is great in many ways. Because we have to ha- we have to put in we have to apply some limitations and at in, within certain um, frameworks you mm-hmm. can't just go and like like that guy who just ha- he got lucky because I think mm-hmm. it was he was just approving everybody's uh, mortgages or something or loans and mm-hmm. you know he got lucky but there are times where you have to take the time and step back and evaluate things it just can't be that once you are taking that evaluation into, okay, what could go wrong? It's mm-hmm. like, what are the opportunities? What could go right? Okay, yeah. if I jump off the bridge, chances are I'm falling mm-hmm. But and breaking stuff. But if I take the time to get, you know, a parachute or some type of device to help me get there slower, a bungee. I still jump off. <laughs> Well, you don't get all the way down with my jeans. Yeah, yeah. But if I take the time to use the right tool, I could jump off this bridge and still Mm -hmm. made it down in one piece. Yeah, preparation. That's the part when people. That's the part that a lot of people miss. It's like you you can do if you do this, it could be dangerous. But there are ways that you can. There are things that you can do to minimize the risk or to lessen the risk and increase the opportunities that are available. It's like, it's not just, it's not all black and white. Yeah. There are times that it's, you can you can take one or two steps to get you into a gray area, to mm-hmm. get you into a more colorful area even. So, 
Jim Carrey, yes, man, get out there and uh, <laughs> peep that film. Uh, it's interesting, you know, the television, movies, and various media often incorporate the uh, true life stories into their uh, comedic routines. Yes, that is and, true. Uh, one of my favorite, actually, and a lot of people can learn from it, it was really extreme in a way. It was um, the character George Costanza in the uh, television Aww. series Seinfeld. <laughs> So uh, George says, every decision I've ever made in my life has always been wrong. I would be better off if I just decided to do the opposite. So he did. He decided to do actually that. He offered the he ordered the opposite of his sandwich, and that's where it all started. Whenever he <laughs> felt like he had to hold tight uh, and not say something, he spoke up. And his whole life changed. He ended up landing a position with the New York Yankees. So sometimes, I mean, not not to that extreme, but sometimes we really have mm-hmm. to consider the things that we do, and and more yeah. importantly, the things that we don't do. Yeah. And that, right. the thing with him was that once he did that, mm-hmm. um, his life changed. It did. It changed. His and sometimes changed we have after. to initiate change. Well, always. All right, we'll be back in a few with more Dr. Judy Sine on being with Ron. Ash. Are you at a crossroad in your life? Looking for insight into relationships, career, or finance? Internationally known astrologer Tish Aitken can help guide you via her knowledge of past, present, and future planetary cycles impacting your birth chart. Based on trends in your astrological chart, Tish provides insight into current issues, helping you to prepare, plan, and initiate action for success in your life. Call 212-736-1121 to schedule a private session with Tish Aitken or email astroseek at AOL.com. Are you seeking guidance and clarity in your life? Internationally known psychic medium Sherry Hobson can guide you to a brighter future. Access your Akashic Records revealing soul patterns that will help enable you to change your life. Or connect to your angelic guidance, spirit guides, or those who have crossed over. Schedule your private session today at 760-521-2027 or at SherryHobson.com interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. 
bridge the gap between earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multidimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the Ascended Masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. You're listening to Being with Ron Ash this morning. And every morning we broadcast, same time, same place. Um, today we have Dr. Judy Sineas joining us. Judy, many times the uh, hurdles in our lives are the perceived notions of who we are, aren't they? That's what we've been taught. We identify, our society identify people by their limitations. Mm-hmm. We I, the we the person can be as great as great can be, and instead of saying, "Oh, that's Judy. She's the you know the smart one," or she's the then people will instead of that people are like, "Oh yeah, that's Judy, the shy one." Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I have done all these other things, and if that's what you hear. You yeah. have to, unless you take the time to reprocess that and re-identify yourself. Mm-hmm. That's just what you grew up to. That's just how you grew up to be. It's like we don't take the time to promote the positive. Yeah. We are we are a society where whatever it is that's not working, we focus on that, mm-hmm. and we base everything on that one thing that's not working, while everything else that's working is just sitting in the back burner and no one's paying no one's really paying attention. So, it's up to us if we want things to be different. It's go, we have to be the ones to take the take the opportunity or take the take the bull by the horn kind of so to speak and just do it. It's like I want to be known as the one who does this. So, this is what I will identify myself as. What well, one of the things that I one of the ways that I always see this, which bugs me to no end, is children with um, you know mental illnesses or um, delay delay um, um, developmental delays. Instead of focusing on the child, people will call them special need children. That is one of those things where it's like you make me want to reach through and grab you and snap yeah. <laughs> because it's not a special needs child. It's a child with special needs because once you start putting the kid first, yeah, then it becomes, you know, okay, this is first a child. The special need is just something that they have. 
And mm-hmm. whatever it is that we limitations that we have, we have to see them as something that is a part of us, something mm-hmm. that is a part of who we are, but not who we are. Yeah. Yeah, I I run into that a lot with kids too. They put the labels on them right away. Mm-hmm. ADHD is a real popular one now, and ADD. Yeah, it's like, you know what? That's fine. A child mm-hmm. can have ADHD. A child can have ADD. But don't don't call them. Don't say that the child is ADD. The yeah. child has. The child suffers from. The child deals with. The child anything but is because once you put mm-hmm. that is, you're identifying like no he is not ADHD ADHD is a disorder that he has yeah he is not you know whatever the issue is you can't just once you put that is in there it just becomes the label that follows that child and you need to start we need to start as a society not just for our children but for everywhere in our lives we need to start as as a society to stop identifying so much with the with limitation and negatives you know, I was introduced as a child to uh, many people over the years as being shy. Mm-hmm. You're talking to a shy guy right now. <laughs> hey, we're we're matching up perfectly. Well, you know, not really though. I I really wasn't shy. It's just sometimes I didn't have anything to say, and if I don't have anything to say, I'd rather not say anything. That's just how I've been all my life. Oh, you just totally missed the boat on how things work around here. You don't have anything to say. You talk anyway. (laughs) I wish more people would have learned to do that. All right, but there are these things. There are these things in our lives where we adopt, you know, and a lot of times we're adopting the thoughts and opinions of other people as we move along. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are also different times in our lives, different junctures, different opportunities where we can really make a huge change and detach ourselves from those uh, conceptions of others and the ones that we've adopted from others. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them is when we change schools, when we change jobs, uh, you know, changing that uh, group of friends, or especially groups of friends, because groups of friends will never let go of who you were or who they perceived you to be. Exactly. Because that's comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's comfortable. Having to change into dealing with the new person that you, the person that you really are, or the person that you are aspiring to be, that mm-hmm. means in order for them to deal with that new you, they have to change the way they see you. They have to make some changes too, and change is hard. Mm-hmm. Change is hard. No one wants to go and be the one. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's change some stuff up. But yeah. if you, once you go and you start introducing change to the mix, then, you know, everyone else just has to. Boy, I really recognize the opportunity, too. And one of the first opportunities that I recall, and there may have been others uh, prior, was the transition from uh, grade school to high school. And I said to myself, I do not want to be perceived and looked at as I've been in elementary school. I said, when I'm going to high school, I'm totally changing. I'm going to be more outspoken. I'm going to be more, uh, you know, aggressive in uh, sports, and I'm going to, you know, really kind of communicate with as many people as possible. And what I did was I never really had that tight-knit group of friends. I always went from 
group to group to group, and I would just kind of visit a little while, visit with this mm-hmm. group, visit with that group, and it really did change my life. Yeah. It it makes a big difference. Once you realize what what the issue is and what's going on, just figuring out what it is that you need to do to change it. Like mm-hmm. you want to be perceived differently, then you have to, you have to, you know, take some initiative and do things to make, to to change it. Mhm. And uh, same thing. I mean, if you leave a certain job and that job, you know, you seem like you've been attacked a lot, and uh, you know, you're you're looked at a certain way. It gets very difficult to turn that around in that same situation. Sometimes it's the best course of action is to you know just seek employment elsewhere. Yeah, it is. It it's it's just the but it's hard for people to do. That's why many of us don't do it. It's we may not be happy where we are. Mhm. But we're comfortable. We've known this. We know these people. If we go if we go in if we go to the next job, those those people may do the same thing and I they may be worse. So mm-hmm. the, fear, the fear is there. But the opportunity is also there, so people have to t- realize, okay, you know what, it's worth the risk. I don't like working here. Mm-hmm. The next place may be tougher, but if I don't, go- if I don't leave here, I will be stuck doing this thing that I don't like. At least there is at least a fifty percent chance of you getting what you want just by stepping out. Mm-hmm. But a lot sometimes we we want to be in our comfort zones, but it's like you can. Your comfort zone can be recreated. Mm-hmm. A little bit of discomfort is definitely worth the joy and the rewards of getting to where you want to be. And that's what we don't. The that's what we tend to shy away from. Just that little that period of discomfort until yeah. things get to where we want to be. But if you're not willing to take the take a little bit of discomfort, you're mm-hmm. going. In that long range of okay, the discomfort is us at a five here. If I go yeah. there, I may have to go to a seven. But uh-huh. if you go from that seven, it might go less. After that seven, it might go away completely. So people have to realize, you know, things may not be right right away. But once I start making the changes, things can get right. It's kind of like they say the combo. Uh, it gets worse, but it gets worse before it gets good, or something. I don't remember. It's wow, dark that's as a, that's it's a, dark as before. That's it's, a, I can't remember. That's a terrible affirmation, but yeah, it's darkest before the dawn. Exactly, <laughs> but it's, it may not be totally dark, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. May, things may yeah, get a little bit worse. But you know that that's what it has to do before it gets to where yeah. you want to be. You know, I um came up with an analogy, and it's really the analogy of a uh, slingshot. We are the stone in the slingshot. And many times, in order for that, well, every time, every time you want that stone to go far, you have to pull back that uh, slingshot and create tension. And the further back it goes, the further forward the stone will fly. And that's how it is, that with, is true. with us, with our with our career goals, with our lives. With everything, I mean, as you pull back that stone and that slingshot, and the tension builds, and you release that stone, it goes, it propels forward rapidly. 
at mm-hmm. high speeds and a long distance, and that's exactly what happens sometimes. And I mean, that's what I've been going through, uh, probably for the last few months, you know, maybe even a year. But I'm starting to feel the results of that release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The manifestations are starting to come true. I can see the signs of it. Um, you know, we talked about this. We have a, a psychics on, astrologers, numerologists. And it's very interesting because, you know, you, you can kind of triangulate the different things that they talk about and you really reach a common truth. And um, a lot of that astrology stuff really uh, rings true. And, um, you know, it, it's all really about, um, in addition to the uh, movement of the planets and, and things like that, it, it also is a lot about positive thinking and, you know, affirmations and, you know, yeah. asking, yeah. you know, putting that that request out there and, you know, really believing. And um, it's um, last not, uh, last Wednesday, it was actually a uh, new moon or a full moon, I forgot which, and we wrote a check out to the law of abundance. And uh, in addition to that, um, Tish had us uh, do a wish list of like five things on the wish list. And I got to say, four out of those five things already started manifesting in my life. There you go. There you go. Once the mind once the mind can grasp it, every then everything else just falls into place. Mhm. So what was the pivotal moment for you, Judy, where you really kind of uh you know, released the old thoughts and stepped into the new? I would say that was probably excuse me one second. <coughs> Sorry. That was probably when I halfway through high school. Mhm. I've always known where I was going. I always knew what I wanted to do. And halfway through, I I completed my first and second year of high school, and then my family moved, and I went to a different school. Mm -hmm. And this was just an opportunity to be different. Mm -hmm. Or to be who you really were. Exactly. (laughs) It was to be, because I went to high school, I went to a middle school, and I was one person, and I went to a high school, and some of the people from my middle school was at, were at my high school, so it was mm-hmm. still continuing. And when I came, when I moved, when I moved, it was like, oh, okay, this, I'm the only one here. I can be whoever I want. Mm-hmm. And then that was the that was the way it just started changing. And when going off to college, I started becoming more outgoing, and because again, it was a change. No one knew who I used to be. No one knew that, you know, I was this shy kid that never talked. And I still don't talk that much, but I'm a little bit more outgoing. I'm a little bit more open. And I can be out there, and people can see and be with me and not the way way it used to be where it was like, okay, she doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she doesn't talk, but she's oh, there. That used to kill me when people said that. Oh, he doesn't talk much, or he's shy. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe. You know, thanks, thanks for uh, you know bringing that forward and injecting that into the uh, situation. I mean, it, it's not true. I mean, the truth is that, like I said, if there was nothing to say, I would not just say something for the sake of being heard. You know, I have to have something of substance to contribute, um, whether it's you know, on an academic level or whether it's humor, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, it's how many times do you hear people and they just say stuff is just not funny. 
That <laughs> is true. I don't want to be that but, person. You and know, but don't rolling, label me as and a, they're rolling laughing. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't label me or anybody else as, you know, in, in a certain way because that's what your perception of them used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had varying perceptions of who I am, you know, over the years. And I had no idea how people will build on those initial perceptions and create this image of you that is so far off base. Yes. Yes. And, you know, what I, I will I will tell you, when I was a child, mm-hmm. I was every, – and even now, people still wonder if I'm kind of like that. Everyone thought I was so rude and just this – bad kid no and that was yes <laughs> and that was that was because of two reasons one mm-hmm. i don't talk much and yeah. two i when i when i have something to say i say it mm-hmm. and i and haitian culture as a child you don't just speak up you don't just say what's on your mind mm-hmm. it's like you don't agree with an adult you don't just bust out saying um no yeah. If someone asks you to do something, you don't just say no. But yeah. I was the type of child where if I had if I had something to say, I would say it. So I got that people thought when I got older, and I started and people started seeing me, not so much in the concept of me being this kid that's oppositional who doesn't do what she's asked, but me as an adult who do what I want, but I still do kind things. Mm-hmm. I if I if I know you need help with this that and the other and I can help with it I'm going to step out of my comfort zone even it, even if it means that I have to do things that I may not necessarily want to but something that is needed to help a person I'll do it but it was like wow I could even see within within my family you could see how the shift happened for them of seeing oh my goodness we have told we were totally wrong about her. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're thinking, okay, she's changed, but it's the just the perception of how they see me versus that kid that was. They still think I'm spoiled, which that's okay, but it's it's different. It's very different. Just seeing, and part of it was me deciding, okay, you know what? I know how they see me, but I'm not going to be that person they they see. I mm-hmm. am going to be whoever I choose to be. And the person I choose to be, yes, I still speak my mind. Yes, I still will not do something I don't want to do just because a person asks. And I still don't talk unless I have something I want to say. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, the things that I wish to do, I will do. The things that I wish to say, I will say. But I might say it differently now that mm-hmm. I a few more words than I knew when I was six. You know, I'm a little bit more diplomatic, slightly. But, you know, things change just by the choices that I have made. Yeah. And all that stuff, I mean, that people think about, you know, who you are and uh, what you do, Mm -hmm. it really doesn't affect you unless you allow it to. That's That's the end. That's it. That's all there is to it. If you allow it, it w- it could dictate who you are. Mm-hmm. But if you choose to let it be something someone else says, then 
it just becomes something someone else says. And I see people that get so obsessed with what people think. And what are you going to do about what people think? That's their issue. Exactly. Exactly. It's the... I I I have this thing I I always say it's like that sounds like a personal problem that's not mine <laughs> exactly <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is what someone mm-hmm. thinks of you is their own personal problem yeah if they no matter what it is whether it's if it's if it's a good thing that they think of you yes you can use that because that's something that has the potential to help you. But if it's something that has the potential to destroy you or affect you in any way negatively, mm-hmm. you ha- just let it be their issue. You don't yeah. like me? Good for you. Yeah. But I know what's good about me, and I can move that. I can take that to move it forward. If the if you think I'm the if you think I'm the greatest person because I do this, oh okay. What say that again? Let me think. Let me take it in. And see how I can capitalize on that. Let me see how I can make that work positively for me. Anything negative someone someone has to say, unless it's if it's constructive criticism, mm-hmm. you'll know. Yeah. And if it's somebody just talking just because they don't they have they want to be negative or because they just have nothing better to say, let them. Yeah, I, I feel bad for those people, and especially the ones that like to seed little things. Like they take a little bit of the truth and they kind of twist it just enough to kind of, you know, portray an image of you that they want other people to see. Mm-hmm. Very slippery slope. And, uh, you know, I actually, without realizing it over the years, and I, I lived in the same neighborhood for the majority of my life, I knew the same people. So, you know, there were a couple of people there that were a little, uh, you know, jealous or trying to uh, cover up their own um, perceptions of the things that they lacked in their lives. And they saw me doing certain things and they would kind of twist it, you know, they would know Uh the truth about it, but they would twist it to try to make me look bad. And um, it it really started at an early age, I think, maybe in my teens. And, um, you know, I I love to meet different women. I love to talk to different women. I really wasn't that promiscuous, but I like to date. I like to go out. And, um, you know, they started, you know, talking about me as if I was a player or something like that. That, oh, yeah, he's always... Were you a player, Ron? No, not at all. I might have had my uh, a little player stage, but you know, not nothing big. I mean, I, you know, I realize that you really can't mess with people's feelings and emotions like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can get hurt. You know, and um, you know, it didn't take long while I was in that stage that you know I was uh, on the other side of that, and I did. You know, I did get hurt, and I was like, wow, that's just not right to uh, to mm-hmm. do that. But you know, it it went, it continued on into my you know into my twenties, and then I was establishing my own business. And, um, you know, I started uh, having kids and I would really make my own schedule, you know, because I wanted to spend a lot of time with my kids. My dad really didn't spend a lot of time with us when uh, we were young and I, I really didn't want that type of relationship. So, um, you know, I had my own business. I created my own schedule. So, you know, if there was work that, that could be done, you know, after the kids went to bed, I would go back to the store and uh, do whatever I had to do there. And then, you know, what was happening was people in the neighborhood began to think that I was going out every night. Ah. Uh. 
Yeah. It wasn't the case. Yeah. And then as I was putting that energy into the business and the business went from one store to two stores to three stores and then I started, you know, owning the properties and I started having, you know, I had a lot of cars and, um, you know, now all of a sudden they're looking at this guy. He's got all this free time during the day. He's driving all these cars, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's got all these properties, he's got money. And, and whenever I went out, I was always pay because, you know, I, I knew that the people that I was, you know, hanging around with really didn't have money. And um, before you know it, I guess because of their own self-esteem issues, they started telling stories. And before you know it, I mean, the last thing before I moved out of the neighborhood, and it was, there were many factors, but um, somebody that worked for the U.S. Post Office actually told their child that I was a uh, uh, an organized crime. That's why I had all these things. Wow. That and that crazy. went from his child to my child, and then it was just another straw on top of that camel's back. And I said, you know something? I am creating so much discomfort in this neighborhood for these people, and although I'm happy there because I don't need a lot. Wow. You know, that little house on the, you know, quarter acre uh Four bedroom house, it was fine for me. You know, I actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But because I was growing in a variety of ways, I mean, you know, financially being one of them, uh, it was making them feel very uncomfortable to the point that they had to make excuses, mm-hmm. even to their children, of why Ron has and, and why the, we don't. And the problem with that is that. Not only are they effect, not only are they damaging your reputation with others, but uh-huh. it's giving the other person an excuse to not do what they need to do to uh-huh. reach that same level. Because you're getting there because you're doing something bad. You're yeah. getting there negatively, and the only reason I'm not there is because I'm choosing not to do those bad things that you do. But uh-huh. it's not or. That whatever it is that you're doing is out of my grasp. Like, no, the person who has this, the person who has all those things that you want, they are doing something. You may not mm-hmm. know what it is, but yeah. they're doing something, and it does not have to be negative. It no. could be positive. They are taking, they are doing things to get where they want. And if you opted to do the same thing, you could just as well get where you want, get all those things that this person has that mm-hmm. you also would like to have. Mm-hmm. And you have to take the steps. I mean, oh, yeah. I had a decent job. I made a regular salary. I went to work every day. I did what I had to do, and then I was like, man, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm coming up with these great ideas. I'm submitting proposals to the people above me. They're taking those proposals and submitting to the people above them with their names on it. They're blaming me for their mistakes. I said, I, I cannot expand in this environment. I have yeah. to do something. So I noticed that uh, in that store was an auto parts uh, chain, and I noticed that in there they, they had a section that was auto accessories and wheels and things like that. And, you know, I, I initiated a conversation with the vendor one day, and then I began to set up accounts with the various vendors, and I decided I was going to quit my job. Mm-hmm. And I was going to take whatever money I had, and I was going to invest it in this business. And I believed in it. And I saw it. And I did it. And I said, you know something? I can keep this job. And I can buy a real nice car right now. And I can front like I got all the money. And I'm doing big things. Or I could take a shot and do it. And then in a couple of years, I'll buy the car that I want. And I'll do the things that I want. 
And yeah. if it did fail, hey, man, I'll have to pretend I'm driving a real fly ride for a couple years. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm paying back that money. <laughs> there you go. There you but, go. Judy, I saw it. I, I took the money. I went to go uh, rent a space. I sat in the uh, back of the storefront with my back against the wall, and I looked out over the showroom windows, and I saw people coming into that store. I saw myself building relationships with customers. I saw the money changing hands, and and, and it just snowballed from there so fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it, once you, if you can visualize it, and then you start put, and you can get yourself to really believe this is possible, mm-hmm. this is possible, then there, it's nothing to just take the steps. I mean, you didn't just up one day and decide, okay, I'm going to open my store and just let it go there. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm opening a store and just sit sit down and do nothing. You yeah, I never waited. I worked yeah, seven you, days you a decided, week. You decided, okay, I'm opening the store. You All took day. the initiative. You once you once you pictured it, you mm-hmm. started making things happen. You started yeah. painting that picture that you saw, mm-hmm. and that's what brings everything else in. Be just saying it and just thinking it is only one small step. The rest of it is okay. I got it. I believe it. I know it could happen. Okay, yeah. let me make it happen. But if you can't, if you some some of us just picture it mm-hmm. and leave it there. Some of us want it and leave it there, but you have to do the whole thing. You have, or they'll they'll work towards something, but you can't picture what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to do the whole thing. You have to be able to want it enough, picture it, and take the action to do it. Because if you just start moving and don't know what you're doing, or don't know where you're trying to get, you could be moving in one big circle. Mm-hmm. That's leading you nowhere. But if you can picture the destination draw the map to where you want to go, then it's like, oh, okay, I'm going straight, then I make that turn, and then I make this turn, and then, okay, I might see, the, just because I see this old this road ending doesn't mean anything because after the, when this road ends, I know that I'm supposed to take a right. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm supposed to take a left here. I know where I'm supposed to go. So it doesn't, all these things that may look like obstacles, you know that, okay, there are ways out of it. Mm-hmm. The road the road may seem like it's ending, but because you know where you're trying to go, because you know what it is that you're trying to do, even when it looks like there's a big old wall in front of you, you know that there's a possibility to turn. There's a possibility you could turn two ways. You could jump over the wall. There are, you could break through the wall. There are options. But if you can't picture it, then it's like, oh, good, wall. What am I going to do? There's a big wall in front of me. Now I'm at, maybe I should just turn back. So... Knowing it is a bit is a very important part of it. You got to know how to scale that wall, and it, and exactly. it's uh, funny to say, but some of the most exciting experiences I've had in business was um, really when I hit that wall, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, how do I get over this wall? There's got to be a way to get over this wall," mm-hmm. you know. And um, I would come up with something, and then I would get through it. I'd be like, "Yeah, that, that was awesome." Yeah. <laughs> And that is the best feeling, though. Once you yeah. once you start overcoming those obstacles, it's like, oh, okay, I have that skill. So next time you come up on a wall, it's like, oh, remember when you did this? Yeah. You could do it again. So things, these, just these little things, they go a long way. Knowing that you have the power, 
that's the most, if I could get everyone in this world to get one thing, it would be knowing that they have the power within them to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Because that's what scares so many people. That's what keeps people back from following their dreams. That's what keeps mm-hmm. people back from doing the things that they could and should be doing with their lives. When they don't know that, okay, I, I've i never scaled a wall before, so mm-hmm. maybe I should just go back because I definitely know how to walk. I yeah. could just make that turn and walk back, and it's going to be easy. But figuring out how to jump over that wall takes a little it takes a lot of planning it may take a lot more physical than physical activity than just turning around and making that walk backwards but if you know if you could get it within your head that it, it can be done you're if 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 no one could scale that wall mm-hmm. when on your way there are two things you would notice Everyone yep. else going back or a whole bunch of people lined up against that wall. But since yep. they are the only one there, that means everybody else must have figured something out. Hey, and we got to get squeezed a little bit, too, to get the juice out. Yeah, that is true. That is true. <clears throat> I mean, so many times through those different experiences and, you you know, that, that hurdle comes up in front of you and you really look inside yourself and you really kind of extract these skills and abilities that you didn't even know that that were there and now you have those in your toolbox and you can use those to move forward mm-hmm. confidently in the direction of your dreams and i mean uh, you know just from having that auto accessory store i mean i really began to put my advertising and marketing skills together i started off right at the beginning with advertising creating my own ads um, really doing things that nobody was doing in the area as far as uh, advertising and promotions and uh, bringing products into stock that nobody stocked in the area and, and really thinking outside the box. I actually published my own magazine, and I, I had it. It was a quarterly magazine called the Auto Sport, Sports Magazine. I actually turned to R.I. Wheels after a while, but it was a full magazine. It had ads. It had articles in it. Uh, we used to do uh, you know promos. Uh, uh, articles on customers' vehicles, and it just created this thing where where people wanted to be in the magazine so bad to show yeah. what they've done to their car, and it, and it was a big thing. It was yeah. a free magazine too. I mean, you know, it it, it was about I did about ten thousand uh, copies of that, and that was like my first real publishing venture. I just kind of I just saw it. I didn't know how to do it, but I just moved forward and I tried. Mm-hmm. And I mean, sometimes things didn't work. But I got through those issues, and then I, you know, I eventually published the first issue, and I just kept doing it. It was so popular. Mm-hmm. See, it's not that – sometimes things may not always work the way we want them to work, but mm-hmm. they work out so, – because let's say you did that magazine, and it didn't mm-hmm. work, or it, di- it didn't grow as fast as you wanted. Mm-hmm. You would have learned from that publication what not to do to get a popular yeah. magazine. It did so like, much more than I, I ever perceived that it would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you don't you never really know. It, someday some things we do get become better than we could imagine, and mm-hmm. some things we do don't turn out the way we want. But there's always an opportunity, even in the things that do not go the way we're looking for it to go. Mm-hmm. Whether it's going, whether it's the professional, whether it's personal. There's always an opportunity there. The, it's kind of like the whole Thomas Edison and the light things. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Had two two hundred ways of he just eliminated two hundred ways of making a light work. Yeah. He discovered yeah, two hundred ways of not making a light bulb. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> two hundred ways that to and not the, make and it work. Yeah. And, and then that's you what know happened. what? Eventually he after he eliminated those two hundred ways, he found that one. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to be willing to do is like uh, just go through that process of elimination of okay. This way, I and now I know that this way doesn't work, so I, mm-hmm. I need to look at that way. And yep. everyone you eliminate bring you closer to the one that works. All right. Well, Dr. Judy Sineas, thanks for being with us today. Always a pleasure. And the website is so drjudyc.com. And your yes. book is uh, Six Months to Doctor, right? Yes, Six Months to Doctor. How to complete your dissertation in six months. All right. We'll talk to you really soon. Stay tuned. We have uh, Abiola Abrams coming up next. Abiola on LSD at 11.05, just following the news. We'll be back with you in a minute. Are you at a crossroad in your life? Looking for insight into relationships, career, or finance? Internationally known astrologer Tish Aitken can help guide you via her knowledge of past, present, and future planetary cycles impacting your birth chart. Based on trends in your astrological chart, Tish provides insight into current issues, helping you to prepare, plan, and initiate action for success in your life. Call 212-736-1121 to schedule a private session with Tish Aitken or email astroseek at AOL.com. Are you interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com.
background account information for about 1% of its customers of its account online service was viewed. The hackers were able to view customer names, their account numbers, and contact information. They were not able to gain access to social security numbers, birth dates, card expiration dates, or card security codes. For the latest news and analysis, log on to irnusanews.com. Come join the fun at one of the oldest and most successful flea markets in the area, the Grafton Flea Market, 296 Upton Street, Route 140, at the Upton Grafton Town Line. The Grafton Flea Market, an indoor-outdoor flea market in a unique country atmosphere with acres of bargains, hidden treasures, and hundreds of dealers. Open every Sunday from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. The Grafton Computer experts testify about information they found on a computer taken from Casey Anthony's home as her murder trial continues. More now from correspondent Tony Winton. In Orlando, jurors heard testimony that a computer that Casey Anthony had access to had been used for Internet searches for the word chloroform. Prosecutor Linda Drain Burdick asked expert John Dennis Bradley this question. Chemistry slash chloroform. How many times was that site visited? According to the history, 84 times. But Bradley couldn't say who made the searches and couldn't say what the computer user was actually seeing on the screen. Tony Winton, Miami. Prosecutors are set to resume their closing arguments at the corruption retrial of Rod Blagojevich. Government attorney Claire Hamilton will address jurors again today. A day earlier, she began by telling jurors the ousted Illinois governor lied to their faces from the witness stand. Blagojevich faces 20 counts, including attempted extortion and conspiracy to commit bribery. The most serious allegation is that he sought to sell or trade President Barack Obama's vacated U.S. Senate seat. He's also accused of trying to shake down executives by threatening state decisions that would hurt their businesses. Blagojevich has denied any wrongdoing. Jurors could start deliberating as soon as Thursday. Fixed mortgage rates have dropped for the eighth straight week. Freddie Mac says the average rate on the 30-year loan fell to 4.49%. With IRN USA Radio News, I'm Mark Thomas. WNRI Winsocket. So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect the spirit, and intentionally create our experiences. Welcome to Being with Ron Ash. We are live with WNRI 1380 AM locally, and we are national and international via WNRI.com and our affiliate stations. 
Welcome to the show. I'm Ron Ash. And I'm Abiola Abrams, the lifestyle passionista. Hi there, Ron. Hello, Abiola on LSD, love, sex, and dating. Absolutely. And drama. And drama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is the, what, I have a question for you. Yes, Ron. Um, what is the international sound of people having fun? Oh, Ron, come on, you know, you know. I'll give you, I'll give it to you at half, half audio, uh, <laughs> at a half audio level because right. it is the morning, and I don't know if people have had their coffee yet. But the <laughs> international sound of people having fun is woo. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. All right. Oh, there you go. And for people who are new to, you know, the Aviol experience. Ron is referring to lots of goodies that you can find at aviolatv.com, specifically my uh, award-winning web TV series, which begins every episode with a good woo and the international sound of people having fun. And you can find that, you know, all at aviolatv.com. <laughs> now, your show's number one in iTunes in its category right now, isn't it? Number one, absolutely, absolutely. And so what's really exciting because... You know, the show is number one on iTunes. It's named Abiola on LSD, Love, Sex, Dating, and Drama. And the way that you would find it is just go to iTunes and type in Abiola Abrams, and it'll come up, and you can subscribe, and I'll be coming to you on your phone. <laughs> and what's really great, Ron, is that, you know, you've given us this opportunity for me to to extend the conversation and mm -hmm. to be able to talk about some of the things that we talk about on the show and that people are able to comment on and, you know, interact through my Facebook and Twitter, but it's different here because we're able to, to have this kind of live interaction. So it's pretty exciting. It's, it's, mm -hmm. It all works together. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love the whole uh, Abiola TV thing, and, you know, I've become an avid listener now and um, doing big things over there at Abiola TV. Well, Ron, I've got to keep up with you. Very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm a first-generation American, and so I've got that immigrant, you know, work mentality, and I'm passionate mm -hmm. about This is what I love talking about. I love talking about how we can make our interactions with each other juicier. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's for me to talk about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always say, you know, passion is the soul's recognitions of our special capital G gifts, and we all have them. And, um, you know, I talked about it earlier on the show with uh, Dr. Judy Sineas, and when we really get into something and we're passionate about it, we put all our energy into it, and what we get back is, is in direct correlation to the energy that we exert. Yes, 100%, Ron, 100%. And, in fact, I was having a conversation recently with a friend of mine who um, until until very recently had been really unhappy at his, his job. Mm -hmm. And he had a you know a standard grind job that wasn't his anything that he was passionate about or anything he was excited about. But he's been there 11 years, and he was feeling really down every time he was at work. And I was told me he'd be like, oh, you know, X amount of hours to go. I'm almost home. I'm home. And I said, there's no way that you can spend 40 plus hours somewhere and be miserable and expect to come home and feel anything but misery, because yeah. how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and so if you don't have that passion, that's why, you know, I talk about passion in a holistic way, not only just about love, sex, dating, but mm -hmm. in the kitchen, cooking, you know, when you're with your friends, passion is a lifestyle. It's a way you approach your life. It's a way you approach 
your very being, you know, mm-hmm. and it's so, yeah, so that's that's what I'm thinking this morning. That's what I'm thinking this morning. And I've been having a really good week, Ron. Do you want to know why? I want to know why. <laughs> well, this week I've made a point of meditating every single day. I hadn't been meditating um, maybe for the past month or so, past couple of months or so, because I was too, quote, unquote, busy. Mm-hmm. And know, that's really kind of a trick of the mind because when you do take that time out to meditate, you have more time, not less. Exactly, because you use the time that you have more efficiently. All the junk is cleared away. Yes. And your connection is strengthened. Yes, and so I've been having like just like this like jubilant week where, you know, I've gotten a chance to hang out with friends and, you know, on top of like doing my 13 jobs and <laughs> and life is good. Life is good. Only 13 jobs? When I was your age, I had 18 jobs. <laughs> You're lazy. You're a lazy girl. 18 jobs. And so I have to let the audience <laughs> in on this. Ron Ron got in touch with me yesterday, as as we always do, and he was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what, are you, what, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? And yeah. I told him that I had cheating and infidelity on the brain. Uh-huh. And, you know, not only with the big Anthony Weiner uh, scandal going on everywhere, which we will talk about, but okay. also I have a family member who is very dear to me who lives on the West Coast um, mm-hmm. and has a young baby, and her husband has been caught cheating and the reason is that he was he's jealous of the baby. And this is not the first time that I've heard this and it it's kind of troublesome to me. Wow. <laughs> you know, speaking as a woman who's, you know, probably going to have kids in a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, men and jealousy over the kids. Tell me a little bit about that, Ron, cuz I know that you are a devoted father. I really wow. got into the whole kid thing to be honest with you. I was really I really kind of took the role as a, you know, a a co-mom, I would say. I would call it a co-mom because I really got involved in every aspect of it. Um, you know, from the feedings. Well, my wife had a uh, C-section. So she was okay. out of commission for a few weeks when she came home. So um even when she was in the hospital, she couldn't really feed the baby and thank God I had my own business so it uh, allowed me to be able to come and go as I please cuz I would have to go to the hospital. And I don't know if people realize this, but the the nurses at the hospital um they don't feed your kid. They count on no. you if you don't go there, right? Your kid is not going to eat basically. Really? If the mother's not feeding the kid, yep, if the mother's not giving the little tiny bottles you give to the kid, if the mother's not feeding the kid, they are counting on that man or somebody else in the family to come over there and, and take care of business. Absolutely, yep. How old are or, your kids, Ron? My kids are going to be 17 and 13 this year. Okay, okay. A boy and a girl? Yeah, a boy and a girl. Okay, I love that you said that you were a co-mom. So mm-hmm. I guess I, did you at any point in time, once your wife was back in commission and was able to to bond with and take care of the children, did you ever feel any kind of jealous jealousy towards them? No, no, not really. I I, I loved the whole thing. It was really exciting. I was in the delivery room. I saw them be born. I mean, uh, you know, I went through the whole thing, and then you know, I I still you know, uh, you know, my wife had a regular job. She actually worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield, so she was had the nine to five thing going on. So I'd get up and do the night feedings and stuff, and 
it was awesome, and it really paid off because I have such a close relationship with those kids, and it really was from, uh, you know, day one. And and sometimes I think that you know, you know, my wife, you know, uh, gets a little jealous of that relationship at times because they always they're the go-to dad type of kids. Right, right. They're daddy's little boy and daddy's little girl. Yeah, yeah. Jealousy towards you a little. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> I, we yeah. won't say it. We won't, you know, it's just there. Now, why do you think that it is like a common thing that men, you know, once the wife has this baby that they've been excited about? And not all men. Not all men, clearly. It really doesn't have anything to do with the baby. It's an internal issue that that particular man has that they need. And, and a woman can have it just the same as a man can have it. it, it they need constant attention. They're just not comfortable with themselves. They're just not loving who they are. And it's really a weakness within them. It has nothing to do with the uh, external situations. It's an internal, uh, internal issue that they need to work on. They need to find the root of that and uh, solve the problem from there. Exactly. And it goes back to your theme song, Everything is About You. Mm-hmm. You know? That it's yeah. not about the person. Everything is about you. Well, yeah. what I wanted to do, Ron, before we get into our discussion about cheating uh, and infidelity is share with you a few facts that I found recently that were really interesting. Uh, Dr. Dr. Helen Fisher, she's a cultural anthropologist and the author of several books on falling in love, and she Mm -hmm. recently orchestrated Single in America. Now, Ron, this is the first comprehensive study of single Americans aged 21 to 65, okay? And the study was actually commissioned by Match.com, and it was released uh, recently, a couple of months ago. All right, so... Now, for the audience, as a self-declared passionista, you know, I make a living in large part by sharing love and lifestyle lessons from my own experience. But Helen Fisher brings hard science to the mating game. So in addition to a broad age range, her study covered, you know, a range of subjects from different ethnicities, careers, education levels, and geographical locations. So, okay, now here, this is very interesting. The Match.com study that Helen Fisher did reveals that men are adapting attitudes that we previously attributed to women, and women are adapting the attitudes that we previously attributed to men. Okay, so the first one I would say, you know, over the past couple of years, I was personally shocked to find in my life (laughs) that men that I was only marginally interested in as friends were declaring their love prematurely. You know, I thought, okay, we're hanging out. We've been out a couple of times, and they'd be like, I love you. I'm in love with you. And I'm like, where did that come from? According to the study on singles, men actually fall in love faster than women do. Now, this is contrary to what we see in all the romantic comedies, contrary to what we see on the sitcoms, but Mm -hmm. men, they say, fall in love faster than we do. And then once men are in love, they want to bring women home to meet their families sooner. Now, the most interesting finding in this area is that men are more willing to marry partners that they are not sexually attracted to when all of the other factors line up. Mm. Um, And this goes against all of the, you know, the desperate women, you know, thing that that, that the media has been putting out in part. And so I thought that that was really interesting, that men are the ones who are falling in love fast. They're wanting to bring people home. Well, that goes against your mind, heart, and loins principle also. That has to be well, all three. I know. Well, I, well, but I think no. you're right in there. I agree with you 100%. It has yeah, to be all three. If you have one out of three, two out of three, it's just yeah. it's not going to work eventually. It's something I, will I break stand down. By, I stand by my mind, heart, and loins. <laughs> I stand by it too. MHL for life, baby. MHL. 
for the audience, for the, for the audience who doesn't know what we're talking about, just briefly on another show, you know, and, and it's a video you can find at aviolatv.com. But someone wrote in and asked me, how do you know that the person is the one? And I said, you've got to have, you know, you've got to have be in agreement that they're the one in your mind, like your brain feels like they're the one. Logically, they mm-hmm. work for you. You've got yeah. to feel it in your heart. Your heart's going thump, thump, thump when they're around, and you got to feel it in your loins, too. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and it's got to be all three. Anything less, you know, you may be compromising, which is fine if that works for you, but it, but all three is what we should be aiming for. Remember, so guys, now, seven billion-some-odd people out there in the world. Yep. Don't get nervous. Yep. The right yeah. one's there for you. Yeah, you only need one. So, okay, so now this was also interesting, Ron. When I created and declared my goddess year, the 12 months of living purposely single, okay, many of my readers were surprised because the media can lead you to believe that single women are trying to drag commitment-phobic men down the aisle at all costs. Mm -hmm. This is simply not true. It turns out that men of all ages are eager to get married, especially... Younger men, age 21 to 24. Now, I don't necessarily think that men 21 to 24 should be getting married, but I thought this was interesting. Also, Ron, men right. are surprisingly more eager to have kids than women are. 51% of men, age 21 to 34, urgently want children, versus only 46% of women in the same age group. Wow. So, yeah, so just to recap, they're saying that, you know, the the younger men, 21 to 24, are very eager to get married, um, and that the women are a little bit more commitment, I won't say phobic, I'll say commitment patient, (laughs) commitment reticent, holding back. Uh, And then men are surprisingly more eager to have children in that age group 21 to 34. What do you think of that, Ron? I think that's very interesting because it wasn't the case with me at all. I mean, you know, I, I kind of did have the idea and I did kind of set forth the criteria for a time frame. I would have liked to gotten married about 25. I was a few months shy of that. Um, I figured I'd have start having kids when I was around 30. Again, I was a few months shy of that. Um, but for the most part, you know, it, it worked out. It was a, it was a pretty good uh criteria but I, I i really needed that a little bit of a a little bit of a push to do it i wasn't really kind of walking freely into it there was a little bit of coercion at hand because us americans we'll get engaged for like 10 years it doesn't matter to us <laughs> it doesn't matter to us when i first heard this i was wondering it said that since men of 21 to 24 are so eager to get married i said i was wondering is it because they just left home and they want to kind of get back maybe into another yeah they're looking for maybe. another mom yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe and, but you know we'll leave that for helen fisher's next and, and so, i think uh, traditionally our society portrays women and you know when it comes to being mothers as a person who's going to do all the work so i think a lot of these guys you know, they, they accept the fact that this is going to be her duties. I kind of sit back in my recliner and with the remote control and I watch sports all day while she takes care of everything else and me. Right, right. Well, luckily I'm seeing that change. I'm seeing a lot of Mr. Moms around me, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, where the, the, the woman has the power career in the couple 
and you know the the guy will stay home or or whatever it is. I'm, I'm seeing a lot a lot more balance. Maybe not enough, but at least it's a conversation that people right. are having. Okay, so well we're gonna have out. to take a quick break. So I'm gonna have to cut you off, but we'll get right back to the right back down to business when we get back. Okay. Okay. All right. See you in a few. Are you seeking guidance and clarity in your life? Internationally known psychic medium Sherry Hobson can guide you to a brighter future. Access your Akashic records revealing soul patterns that will help enable you to change your life. Or connect to your angelic guidance, spirit guides, or those who have crossed over. Schedule your private session today at 760-521-2027 or at SherryHobson.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Bridge the gap between Earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Looking for your next vehicle? Look to Gemini Auto Sales and Service. They have everything you need to purchase, finance, and maintain your next quality pre-owned vehicle. Gemini takes the guessing out of finding the right vehicle at the best price because all of Gemini's vehicles are priced to sell far below like vehicles within a 50-mile radius of their two convenient locations. Gemini's staff of ASE certified mechanics buy, sell, and service every vehicle on the lot. Quality vehicles, unsurpassed service, and guaranteed financing. Gemini Auto Sales and Service, 401-228-8686 or visit Gemini Sales Service Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Are you interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book every...
had Stacey Davidson bringing us back from break with her title, Everything is About You, by her CD, Everywhere Great Music is Sold. You're listening to Being with Ron Ash, Abiola on LSD today. We're talking about relationships. Um, we are live at WNRI 1380 AM locally, and we are national and international via WNRI.com and our affiliate stations. We're back with Abby Oler, and Abby Oler, you may continue. <laughs> you know, sometimes we all need that little push, though, I have to say. You know, I mean, we. Um, I'm really surprised by these statistics. Yes, and that's why I really wanted to share them, because, you know, during the break we were having a little chat in the blogtalkradio.com uh, slash being with Ron Ash chat room, and mm-hmm. we were talking about the fact that, you know, about being manifestors and about telling the story that you want for your life. So, in other words, you know, if you are wanting, you know, a man like Ron who's a co-mom who is, you know, going to come and, and, you know, really be an equal partner with you in in raising your children or whatever it is that you're wanting. Yeah, we have to get away from that role stuff. Yeah, tell, tell that story. You know, don't beat the drum of... You know, oh, my God, there are no good men. All the men suck. All the men are taken. All the men are whatever. You know, because if, if we beat that drum, that's the, the, what we're going to attract into our lives. And the reason why I'm sharing these facts is that they, it, makes us, it makes it a little bit easier for us to tell a different story. Mm-hmm. Because we get so locked into, I've got to face reality. Oh. You know? <laughs> I've got to face reality. Yeah. You know, Choose which reality you want to face. face. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of different realities all happening at the same time. Like in reality, you know, I am a New Yorker. In reality, I am an American. In reality, I'm Guyanese. In reality, I'm, you know, African American. Like these are all totally different stories, but they're all realities that are happening simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like by sharing some of these facts that blow a little bit of the opinions that we're locked into and the stories we've been telling culturally to ourselves about relationships, it will help us just be able to to be willing to see things differently. We don't have to to right away be able to jump into seeing things differently, you know, because we we want to move. A lot of times law of attraction won't allow us to jump drastically from one place into another. But we can be willing to see things differently. If you're listening to this and you're telling yourself, the story of no good men or no good women. Just right now, just say, I'm willing to see things differently. I'm willing to mm-hmm. okay, Yeah, we so had a, we had a caller from Philly once, and uh, she was adamant about there were no good men in Philadelphia. There were none. She was always attracting the same type of person. But before she got went out the door every day, she would affirm that that type of guy was going to approach her. So again and again and again, the universe proved her right and supplied her with the absolute man that she unintentionally requested to come into her life. Right, right. And here's the thing about the law of attraction. It works whether you believe in it or not. You're already using it. Yeah. You are already using it. It's like it's like uh, gravity. I can't choose to opt out of gravity. I can't say, well, I don't believe in gravity, and then gravity will not, <laughs> you know, be a part of my life. It's a, it's a, It's a law, and so it's there, and so... We are already attracting and already manifesting. You are already a manifester. We're not telling, talking about something that you're not already doing and, and partaking in your life. We're talking about just being purpose, purposeful, being deliberate. 
about what it is that you're creating around you. Yeah. Uh, so a couple more facts for you, Ron. All right. We're all out there and in, in, in being with Ron Ash and Abiola on LSD land. All right. Now, I thought that my independent, my personal Abiola independent relationship style was a result of, you know, my all-girls education and, you know, strong women in my family and blah, 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 blah. But apparently independence in relationships is more important to women than it is to men. Okay? Mm. Never mind. According to this study by Dr. Helen Fisher, women want more girls' night out and time with friends than men do. Okay? Here's another kicker. Her study shows that women are more likely to want a solo vacation than men are. Plus, women more often want separate bank accounts. Financial independence and economic equality within couples also matters more to women. So I thought that that was very interesting and, and a little bit contrary to what we thought, you know? Yeah. And the, the sitcom thing that we always see is the wife's trying to keep the husband home and he's trying to sneak out to play poker or you know, watch the Super Bowl and, you know, the wife's trying to keep him home and trying to constrain his life and that sort of thing. And so it's not a men versus women battle or conversation or anything like that. It's just just some news you can use. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so here's another thing. All right. Now, I'm open to dating men of all backgrounds. And you guys okay. can find me at com. <laughs> the Single in America study revealed that men, however, are slightly more open when it comes to ethnicity and dating than women. Only 20% of men think that it's important to date someone of the same ethnicity, and even less think that having the same religion as a partner is critical. And 29% of women um, think that they need to date someone of the, na- of the same ethnicity. So I would say to all of my single people, my fellow singles out there, that your soulmate or your soulmate of the moment doesn't necessarily look like you you might be thinking that they should look like. And so maybe there are men in Philadelphia or wherever it is that you are. <laughs> you know, you're locked into a certain box and mm-hmm. you're locked into a certain picture. And I would yeah. say just widen your vision and widen your worldview. Um, I can tell you from personal experience that when you do that and you look around, suddenly there's so many people. Mm-hmm. There's so many other so get out of your own box. Get out of your own box. Okay. So, all right. So last fact that I wanted to share with you guys is that, you know, uh, I've been dubbed Miss Picky for being selective about the men that I allow into my life. For a woman in her 30s, this is seen as borderline sacrilegious, okay? <laughs> wow. Sacrilegious, huh? That's hard to believe. That's a strong phrase. Trust me. It is a strong phrase. <laughs> Now, the study reveals that the happiest single people are, wait for it, women and men over 65, okay? So much for feeling desperate about someone to grow old with. People Mm -hmm. in this citizen age group were also less likely to settle for someone that didn't meet all of their relationship needs because they felt that they'd seen enough of life that they knew that it's not just about being with anybody, but it's about being with the right person. Yeah. So I thought that that was very interesting as well. I think we don't learn enough from our elders, and I thought that that was definitely something to think about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a new study, like I said, from Dr. Helen Fisher, um, cultural anthropologist and scientist. So did you learn anything interesting, Ron? I learned a lot. It really kind of uh, moved my perceptions around a bit, I have to say. 
Um, and it's funny because we we believe certain things, and we uh, I mean at one time they believed the Earth was flat, and everybody believed that. And if you thought the Earth was round, then you you know something was wrong with you. So you really kind of uh, had that effect on me this morning. Yes, good, good. That was that was what I was aspiring to, because I didn't want to go into when I told you I wanted to talk about cheating because I had you know this issue with my family member that I'm feeling very much for right now. Yeah, I didn't want to just move into the same old men are dogs conversation because that's not, I don't think that that's relevant. I don't think that that's where we want to necessarily come from. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and it happens on both ends too. It's not just men, you know, men and women cheat and there are different reasons why they cheat. And a lot of times, you know, they, they may really be in love with you, um, but they are afraid of losing you. So they cheat as a backup plan. That's one reason. Um, can you think of anything else? Well, I think that there are a myriad of reasons, you know, it depends on, like, that there, for example, when someone, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was reportedly sleeping in his marital bed with, uh, you know, his side chick, the housekeeper. Wow, yeah. does that, to me, that's an act of aggression. That Mm -hmm. is anger towards one's spouse. That's a direct act of aggression um, when someone does that. So there are a myriad of reasons why people are cheating, and one of the conversations taking place nationally right now, or at least locally here on, in the Northeast, with the whole Anthony Weiner sex saving scandal, is you know he he made a point of at his press conference of saying, I did not ever sleep with anyone, you know, have sex with anyone other than my wife. To say uh-huh. you know, well I did cheat on my wife. And yeah. so uh, sexting to me, if you are sending naked pictures and having inappropriate conversations with someone and your wife does not know about it, then that is cheating. That's, that's yeah. my sense. What do you, you think, know, some, I think that the, it's, uh, in many cases, it's worse than the actual physical act because now your heart is really involved in it. And, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, that the, you know, the uh, texting back and forth to each other or the sneaking away for the phone calls and, you know, that, that form of intimacy to me, is uh, you know it, not only it's more threatening to the relationship, but it, it really hurts more because now you're really you, you know you're, you're taking that intimacy that you could be uh, sharing with each other and, and you're, you're bringing somebody else into the picture. And, and you know, I mean, sometimes you know, sex isn't intimate. Right, right. Sometimes that's 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 very interesting because you know, 15 years ago with um, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, that the conversation was you know when people were talking about you know, the ways that they had sex without intercourse, you know, was that cheating? And, you know, obviously it was. Uh-huh. But, you know, we've now moved into this kind of, you know, we're in this digital age with the online dating and, you know, everything like that. And people are now saying, well, now, is this cheating? I think that anything that you're doing that you are sneaking, you, you know that it's, you know that it's cheating because you're not including your partner in it. Yeah, you're you know indulging in this intimate exchange, you know, with your part with without your partner with someone else, and so of course it's cheating. Of course you know that it's cheating. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think you know that there's a lot of power play too when it comes to infidelity. You know there there's a lot of fear as well where a person can be afraid of, you know, the power of fully committing to this relationship. In in the case mm-hmm. of Congressman Anthony Weiner, um, that he, it's an, it's, he's a newlywed. He's only been married for a year, and, you know, during the entire year that he's, you know, been 
cheating by cheating electronically with these various women. And I think that they're the people are afraid of commitment. They're afraid of having all their eggs in one basket. Also I think that people, you know, want to be titillated. I think that we've gotta not necessarily change what our attitude is toward cheating because lying and cheating is unacceptable in any kind of relationship. You don't want friends, platonic friends that are lying to you. Um, But maybe we need to widen our ideas about what marriage or relationships or commitment, like we we need to be just willing to have open conversations with a potential partner about what it is that we expect and what commitment Mm -hmm. means to and, you know, what, what, because I've heard some women say they wouldn't want to know if a spouse was cheating, which sounds crazy to me. I I can't imagine. Um, would you want to know, Ron? I, I know you to be an open person. And, you know. Well, you have to think realistically. And, you know, it, it's really life or death this, because you're putting yourself out there, and if it's in a physical way, I mean, they, they could be bringing home something that could kill you. Right. Right, that's a, that's another great point. It's not just a matter of an, an emotional injury. I mean, you could physically be injured from that action. Right. And not knowing right. is not helping anybody. Exactly, that burying your head in the sand is not helping anyone at all. You know, it's if you know, helping. you can deal with the situation and you can, as I said, discover the root. Because if you don't get at the root, that weed is going to grow back stronger every time you need to find out there's an issue there it's either the issue in the relationship maybe the relationship is not right for the both of you and usually it always is the both of you you may think that oh he's the perfect guy or oh she's the perfect girl this relationship is awesome and and, you know but in reality it's only what you think you want it's not really what you want and um if you don't really Get to the root of that issue and find what's going on there. You're just going to keep regurgitating the same mess again and again and again. Yes, yes. And it, see, that's that's the key. That if you don't clean up whatever it is that we keep on, you're going to keep on stepping on it, stepping mm-hmm. in it. It just looks like a different picture. Um, and Crystal actually in the in the chat room just asked the question. She asked. How do you tell a good friend if you have hard facts that her husband is cheating? Um, and I want to step back. There's uh, was recently a case on um, the ABC show, What Would You Do, where they where they addressed this and they said, should you tell a friend that her man is cheating? And they had this whole discussion about it on The View. And what was interesting was that, you know, Whoopi Goldberg said that she would never tell because maybe the friend and the hubby have an agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the newest reality show, Trainwreck, Mob Wives, which I'm not embarrassed to say that I watched. I could be embarrassed, but I got no shame no shame in this girl's game over here. The mob princess, Renee Graziano, she lets her girl, Carla, know that her man, you know, basically propositioned her. And the friend killed the messenger, basically, like got mad at the at the one who said, you know, your, your dude came on to me. Yeah. Uh, so... For me, I would always tell a friend that their person was cheating. The way that I look at it is if 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 I knew that someone was robbing my friend of money, wouldn't I tell them? So why mm-hmm. wouldn't I tell them that someone is robbing them of love? Yeah. Um, it, it is you, dangerous, though. You do put yourself out there because a lot of times, like you said in the uh, TV program, 
um, you know, they can rebel against you and turn on you. I mean, you know, I've I've experienced that before, and it gets to the point where you're like, you know, something. <laughs> Let me stay out of this. <laughs> that was, you know, never again. Uh, I, would say, I would say, okay, here's here's what to do. If you if you um, know that your your friend's uh, guy is cheating or girl is cheating, woman, whatever. Okay, number one. If this is something that you're seeing with your own eyes, be sure that you're seeing what you're seeing, okay? Mm-hmm. A man can be hanging with his sister or a cousin or, you know, a woman can be hanging with her male best friend at the bar or supermarket or whatever until an onlooker can appear that they're a couple. Be 100% certain that you are seeing what you're seeing, okay? Mm-hmm. Your friend could also be a big flirt who never acts on it, and perhaps she enjoys this part of his personality, Maybe once a week he drops off a coworker to the Dairy Queen on the way home so she can buy milk for her four kids. Or, you know, maybe the, the woman you see him shopping with um, doesn't, doesn't like men. Maybe she's a lesbian. Who knows? Be yeah. clear about what it is you think that you're witnessing. Don't project your own fears and trust issues onto what seems to be unfolding in your friend's life and relationship because passing on misinformation is irresponsible. Now, number two, I would say, and this is going to be a little bit controversial, Ron, if you can, gather evidence, okay? No one is saying turn into Nancy Drew or hide in his bushes like the paparazzi. In fact, please do not do those things. But by gather evidence, I mean that if you're in the supermarket and you see a friend's husband buying wine and grapes with another woman who he appears to be in a relationship with and he's got your cell phone camera, snap a photo. Now, like I said, it's a controversial but a picture is worth a thousand words. Wow, between the, the, the uh, spy photos and the BCIs, holy cow, we can't mess with you, Aviola, that's for sure. Your best friend can determine you know, herself whether the iPhone video of her boyfriend canoodling at the movies is appropriate or not. You're just oh, providing boy. that so that the person does not have to take your words for it. And the views of Aviola Abrams don't necessarily reflect the views of Donna. <laughs> Okay, no, you made, you, a, you make a good point, though, because many times, you know, I, I mean, I, I find myself in a position where I'm counseling people, and because of my role, as I said, that I was uh, really involved in the upbringing of my children, and I did play that, you know, co-mom role, and many times I would be, you know, at birthday parties, and I would develop friendship with the other moms and things, and we did have close relationships, close friendships, but I did have people who, you know, who... Um, been in my life for many years who would like all of a sudden jump to this conclusion, you know, especially if the girl was pretty um, right. and discounting my taste, you know, because, um, you know, even though they were beautiful women, they really weren't the type of woman that I was attracted to, but they were right. attracted to that woman. So they would assume that, hey, you know, if he's with this beautiful woman, then something's going on there. Exactly. They were projecting themselves into the situation. So that's why I say if you can. And don't be Nancy Drew. Don't jump out of the bushes. But if you happen to have a, a uh, cell phone uh, with a camera gotcha. handy, <laughs> take the picture and, ma- and let your friend make her own determination. If you think that this is too much, you're entitled to your own opinion. But if you see my man doing something sketchy, snap a picture, send it to me, and I will decide. Okay. <laughs> number three, Ron. I was thinking All right. Number three, right after these messages, yeah, okay? Yeah. Abiola Abram. We'll be I'll back in a <laughs> Are you at a crossroad in your life? Looking for insight into relationships, career, or finance? 
Internationally known astrologer Tish Aitken can help guide you via her knowledge of past, present, and future planetary cycles impacting your birth chart. Based on trends in your astrological chart, Tish provides insight into current issues, helping you to prepare, plan, and initiate action for success in your life. Call 212-736-1121 to schedule a private session with Tish Aitken or email astroseek at AOL.com. Come to Sense of Healing Massage, where you'll be treated as a treasured guest, offered a quiet, peaceful space, a place of restoration, a place to rediscover health and well-being. Owner Joanne Morrissey is a licensed massage therapist who's passionate about her chosen profession and has a genuine love for healing. Her intuitive nature allows her to locate the root of the issue and to formulate a successful solution through her vast repertoire of massage therapies. Learn more or schedule your appointment at www.senseofhealing.com. Are you seeking guidance and clarity in your life? Internationally known psychic medium Sherry Hobson can guide you to a brighter future. Access your Akashic records revealing soul patterns that will help enable you to change your life or connect to your angelic guidance, spirit guides, or those who have crossed over. Schedule your private session today at 760-521-2027 or at sherryhobson.com. Interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. You're listening to Being with Ron Ash and Abiola on LSD today. It's a Thursday, uh, WNRI 1380 AM locally and WNRI.com internationally. Uh, remember, folks, you can pick up a free copy thanks to the uh, conjunction of the uh, WNRI staff and myself, Ron Ash. I'm offering a free copies of the Apostles' Recipe for Happiness uh, this week. While supplies last, you can uh, pick up your copy at the uh, station, WNRI, on Diamond Hill Road in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Just tell them you enjoy the show and that being with Ron Ash is fantastical and magical, and you get your free copy of the Apostles' 
Recipe for Happiness. Abiola, what step are we on? Three? Okay. Well, that actually just sounds very exciting, the Apostles' Recipe for Happiness. I can't wait to see that and, and sink my teeth into that. Okay, so if you're just tuning in, we were answering a question that was in the chat room about how to tell a friend that her uh, or her that their partner is cheating, basically. All right, so step number three, break it to them gently and privately. Don't gossip about it at a cocktail party. If, you know, that there are rumors about a friend's husband or wife. Don't tell your friend that, you know, her man is a creep at a dinner party. You know, this is entirely inappropriate. I know that it may seem like juicy information, but if possible, please keep what you know to yourself. Visit your friend or invite her over and then discuss the state of affairs in private. It doesn't matter if you're a group of four, you know, four sex in the city type chicks who do everything together. This situation merits a one on one conversation only. If you bring up the perceived infidelity in a group dynamic, your friend will be reacting more to being embarrassed than hurt, okay? Then your friend will probably get defensive, and it's just really not fair to put somebody in that kind of a position. All right, now, the last thing, step four, I would say, after you've told your friend um, that her, that their, that their um, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner is cheating, Back off. You've given your friend the facts as you know them. Her man appears to be a cheating cad. Now back off. It's not your responsibility to tell your friend what to do about his about, about the affair, okay? Offer your opinion only if your friend says, you know, if your friend asks you for it. Mm-hmm. His relationship with his partner is his business only. If you've told him his wife is cheating, now you're going to back off. Whether and how she or he confronts the cheating partner is up to them. If the if she chooses to stay or go, it's up to her. If she is in fact in an, is in an open relationship and knew all about it, that's up to her too. Your job is only to be a supportive friend. Ask your friend how are you feeling. Make sure that your friend is okay. Be supportive by being there in ways that the friend asks you to be. All right. You don't know anything about their intimate love needs or their personal relationship, no matter how close you are or no matter how much you think you may know. All right? And this actually may be a conversation, you know, since Ron had a bad reaction to telling a friend, it's a a conversation to have with your friends ahead of time, you know, kind of like the ways that we sign an organ donor card (laughs) so they were forewarned. (laughs) 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 Ask your friends, your girls, your male friends, ask your friends right now how they feel about matters would you want to know and then that way you have the information up front so that if you know god forbid a dire situation occurs you know how to proceed in your friend wow. i don't know that might ignite something they might say why what do you know what do you know is she cheating is he cheating <laughs> why would you ask me that question <laughs> we're all we're all paranoid and a little bit insecure i have to tell you when uh when Crystal uh, posted the question in the chat room, Crystal's a friend of mine, and she's like, uh-huh. you know, what if a friend is cheating with her husband? I'm like, well, why'd she put that? Well, what is she? I don't even have a husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I think have the conversation with your friend now. Say, preface it, you know, maybe with a group, maybe this you could do with a group of friends. Say, you know, we're talking about it on the radio. Blame the radio. Blame Abiola. You know, <laughs> said it, you know, Figure it out with your friends ahead of time. What do you guys want to know? I don't know anything about anyone at the moment, but if I did, would you want me to tell you? All right? Mm-hmm. All right. If, 
don't ask, don't tell is not a good policy for any mm-hmm. relationship. Burying your head in the sand is an act of denial. Always give your friend the facts as you know them, and then your friend can make accurate decisions about what works for them in their life, you know? It's like in New York, we have the, uh, if you see something, say something, like mm-hmm. meaning that it's the you know, the, the the terrorism warning, if you if someone puts down a bag or what, you see something, say something, I would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I saw Joey with Connie down at the pier. She was looking <laughs> good. Have you seen her, Janie? And what? then you can just say, you, you can just say, you know what, yeah, Joey and Connie are great friends, and, you know, they've been friends for a long time. You know, it's all good. Thanks for telling me that. So, anyway, what are we going to have for lunch? And you move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so, and I've told my friends in no uncertain terms, I want to know, if a friend did not tell me, it would trouble me. Um, mm-hmm. Handle this unfortunate situation with, you know, kid gloves. You're not being a snitch or a tattletale or instigator. You're being a friend. You know, and like I said, if a friend knew someone was stealing your money, wouldn't you want them to tell you? And it's the same deal if your friend is, is, some, is someone stealing your heart. Yeah. Um, you know, another important thing too is you should, you know, if, if you're going to be meeting with somebody uh, regardless of what sex they are, you know, let your partner know that you're going to meet such and such a person and be that way up front in a relationship so they they're not like all of a sudden caught off guard and surprised that you have these friends that are, you know, uh, of a different sex than you. Right. Right. I I absolutely agree. And if you are if you're sending, you know, if you're sexting by phone or by computer, or online dating, or you're in chat rooms, or you're whatever, and your spouse does not know, you are cheating. Mm-hmm. If it's not a big deal, if you say it doesn't mean anything, then that's fine. Tell your partner you're doing it. Because if it doesn't matter, then you can tell them. You can say, you know, honey, sometimes, you know, I'm bored, and I go into this chat room and, and do whatever. Again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be in multiple relationships if that's your thing. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. of the mind that consenting adults can do what they want. However, your partner is not a consenting adult when you pull them into a relationship and they, uh, that you're having with someone else and they don't know about it. That's mm-hmm. not consenting. That's lying. That's cheating. And that's unfair. Yeah. Absolutely unfair. And so, you know, but I wanted us all, before we go, Ron, okay, let's set an intention for the next seven days, you know, as the powerful manifestors that we are, that we are willing to see things differently in our lives, you know, in terms of our personal relationships, and that we're willing, you know, whether you are in a relationship or not, to just have open arms and just try to see the world with a little bit more love for the next seven days. I like that so, intention. Yeah, yeah, and go home and take that take that to your partner, take that out to your interactions at the barbecues this week. <laughs> you know, and and see how that goes, and and let's all you know report back next week and see what we think of that. Sounds good. Love yeah. is the core of humanity. You know, I love it. Uh, my friend uh, Jacob Israel, he wrote a book called The Calling. He said that love is the acid test. So with every decision that we make, you know, hold it up to love. See what that hold looks like. Yeah, if yeah. it feels good. Yeah. You know, and you, you put yourself in that other person's shoes, and you can stand in them without breaking an ankle. Yeah. Then hey, you know that that's most likely the right decision to make. And you know, on the opposite side of the coin, you know, if it if it doesn't, then chances are it's not the decision that you should make. Right. Right. And we have to learn how to trust our instincts a lot more. 
Um, and when when we're in the flow, you know, when we're feeling positive and we're feeling great and we're, you know, in living on purpose, that honestly, like when people are in your lives, if they are cheating on you or if they are doing something wrong, they these people will fall fall out from your life. Uh-huh. But you won't attract those kinds of people. Or if you're with them, then, you know, a chasm is going to be caused where they're not going to be with you because you're not vibrating on the same level. You're not even on the same in the same place or on the same planet at that point. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Abby Oler on LSD, com. She'll be back with us next Thursday, same time, same place. Tomorrow we have medium Sherry Hobson. Um, you can take down the phone number, 424-757-1425, if you'd like to call in for a reading with Sherry on air. Uh, she'll be back with us tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And um, until then, we'll see you on the radio. Be peace, everyone.